Welcome back to episode 15 of the Rip City Rundown podcast, and today we're talking about a lot of things Blazers. We'll be talking about the coaching search. We'll be talking about the Blazers cap situation. We'll be talking about the Ben Simmons situation, as well as the Nurkic situation, and a lot of and a lot more, honestly. Um, first things first, we're joined by a special guest, our cousin Cody. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for letting me be here. It's, it's an honor. Yes, and Cody is from Oregon, so we're from the South, the Southeast, so we're not really, we're Blazer fans, but we're not in Blazer country. Cody is from Blazer country. He's kind of sees the team around sometimes, you know, he's more within the team than we are. We're in Montana recording this on a family vacation, but we always have time for the podcast, and today, let's start with the coaching search, so what are you thinking about the whole situation right now? All right, so right now we have three people that have gotten second interviews. We got Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, and Mike D'Antoni basically been the three favorites this whole time um the favorite as of right now if you were a betting man it would be chauncey billups dame sat in on the chauncey billups interview uh which is not normal normally players don't sit in on the interviews but dame it's obviously his first choice so chauncey's the favorite but becky and mike d'antoni also get second interviews um who are you guys favorite options uh first um Mike D'Antoni is the f- actual uh, head coach, right? They, the others have no head coaching experience. Yeah, so Mike D'Antoni coached the Rockets. We kind of talked about this in other podcasts, but he did the uh, offense with James Harden, ISO stuff, um, small ball. Um, I think it's hard for me because we need more of a win-now coach, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if, the, if it's worth wasting Dame's prime to develop the other coaches. So I'm going with Mike, for my opinion. Yeah, that's that's a good point that a lot of people are bringing up, is that Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond literally have never had head coaching experience. Becky Hammond is more experienced than Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups has been the assistant for the Clippers for one year, whereas Becky has been learning under Greg Popovich, who's arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. So I don't think you can necessarily go wrong. All three of them have their pros and cons, but Mike D'Antoni is kind of the proven sure surefire, surefire coach. Becky Hammond obviously would be the first female head coach, and I know a lot of fans in Portland would absolutely love that, including Jody Allen, the owner, which we will get to because I saw an interesting news article about that. But, of course, Dame looks like it, it, we're kind of torn here. It's, I feel like the owner wants Becky. Jody Allen wants Becky Hammond. A lot of the fans want Mike D'Antoni, but Dame wants Chauncey. I think in the end you have to really do what Dame wants. Um, I do think Dame would be fine with all three. I mean, he's been willing to work with He's worked with Stotts. He kept Stotts for a while. Um, in the end, he'll probably be fine with any of them, but Chauncey is his first choice. Um, so that's why I think Chauncey would be the favorite. But at this point, you don't know. You just got to wait until the news comes out, and then you'll know. I do think that it is important to listen to Dame, but you still want – like, he's still a player. You, the, the front office still calls, calls the shots. And the reason why I say this is the minute we gave Dame, like, a lot of power, he literally came out pub- publicly and said he wanted Jason Kidd. And he really didn't use his power well there because we all know Jason Kidd was not going to be a head coach and not going to be a good one. So I think, yes, you listen to Dame. And you, I think it's more important to keep him in on the loop in the process than just abiding to whatever you wish, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. But that's what we have on the coaching search. I mean, there's really not much new things you can talk about other than these are the surefire three candidates given the fact that they had second interviews. So now we're going to go into the Nurk situation because this offseason is a big deal for Nurk. He's got $4 million guaranteed, but on August 3rd, it will turn into $12 million guaranteed for his final year of his contract. It's been rumored he's unhappy. Um, how do we approach Nurk this offseason, Cody? 
Um, well, it's important to, for him to do what he wants. Um, I think as a team, we can really benefit whether we got rid of him or kept him. Um, I think he has a huge role in this team. I mean, if you look in the Denver series, every game he fouled out, we lost. Mm -hmm. Every game he didn't foul out, we won. Or I mean, he had the best plus-minus on our whole roster during that series. So I think his thought of um, his rumor of him thinking he doesn't have a role is not true. Yeah, it's interesting because Nurk has such a big role on the team, and he's being paid like – not a lot of money. He's being paid like very cheaply, but that contract is going to expire very, very soon. Obviously, at the end of the year. But if he, so, I would not be against resigning Nurkic. But if there's any rumor of him being unhappy or him grumbling about his role, I just don't know. Especially because, yes, he was the best big against Jokic in that Denver series, but he, you know he he still misses a lot of bunnies, a lot of flip shots. He sometimes his attitude's a little questionable on the court. I don't know. How do you think of his future? He's 26 years old. He had a big injury. How do you, how do you see him moving forward? The issue is like he was so good before his injury and on a trajectory to be like one of the better like upper echelon centers in the league. But like he's just been so hit or miss for me recently, just because he'll have his huge games where he's super important. But like there's so many moments in the game, like you said, where he just like doesn't look like he's engaged and he also just misses a lot of shots so i think just his mindset if he just comes back with that same mindset he had back when he was 22 23 when he first got to the blazers he can be a really good player for us but it's just like will he get back to that i think part of it is he's i feel like anyone would get frustrated about this but when you know when you're the defensive anchor on a team and you have to cover for your guards defensive shortcomings dame and cj and then you go down on the other hand and watch cj just jack up shots i, I feel like it could get a little frustrating but i i hope nurk stays i want him to stay if he doesn't want to stay however he is a piece that we could get someone in return that could help the team i don't know i do think it's odd that he's this rumor has come out he's frustrated with his role given the fact that like during after the uh, series he talked about how like this was his favorite group of people to ever be around this was the most happy he's been on a team um so just really confusing when it comes to nurk obviously you always want to win with the guys you've like built and like groomed but i mean if there's a better option out there then i mean sadly nurk is just gonna have to go but that's not something that's a guarantee to happen um, so yeah, kind of the whole Nurk situation, um, very small, uh, cheap contract, but it's going to get, obviously he's going to ask for a pay raise and we'll, the Blazers will have to make a call if they want to keep him or if they want to trade him. It is an expiring deal. So it is a little enticing for other teams, but that's the Nurk situation. Let's talk about the Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons situation. So game seven against the Hawks, he is virtually non-existent on the court. Uh, he can't make a shot. He is, he looks out of confidence, out of sorts. I just don't think he can play next to Embiid. What are, what are your thoughts on, I mean, Simmons coming to the Blazers in exchange for CJ? Um, very interesting idea. I mean, it's clear that he can just not shoot. I mean, game five, game six, game seven, I think in all three games, he scored under 10 points. He gave up a gimme layup there in game seven. It's just, it's just hard because he can develop. He's still young. And I feel like if he's playing around Dame, Dame can turn him into not necessarily a great shooter, but just an average shooter, a shooter that our team needs. But the biggest benefit we get from 
getting him is, of course, the defense. And getting rid of CJ and um, adding him to our lineup will definitely improve our defense and hurt our offense. But how badly can it hurt our offense? That's the X factor. Yeah, and of course this is all contingent on if the Blazers can re-sign Norman Powell because that's something that Dame wants. Dame wants Norman Powell to come back to the Blazers. Um, and you can see why. He, he's not as gifted as CJ in terms of like shot-making and offensive offensive talent, but his defense and his just tenacity and his ability to just like – his just athleticism. He's just way more athletic than CJ, plus he's better defense. He's a good shooter. He's not like – he's not going to pull off a CJ game seven against Denver – but Norman Powell can still get buckets. Something interesting if we were to go after Ben Simmons is we could have a really good small ball lineup possibly. And if we do bring in Mike D'Antoni, um, he obviously has some experience with the small ball. That's just something that you could do like what the Warriors used to do. Like I think Ben Simmons needs to turn into like a Draymond Green, Green type of player, not someone that is literally looking to score at all. Um, he's just facilitating. Dame plays off ball. Dame can literally turn into like try to – emulate Curry with his off-ball movement, and then he, Ben Simmons would just be our anchor on defense. And so, yeah. would the small ball starting lineup be Dame, CJ Norm, Dame Norm? It would be Dame Norm, then you would have Roko Simmons, and then that last person would just be probably a three, depending on, like, who knows, we could sign people in the offseason. Um, we'll get into the cap space and all that in the, later in the video, but it could, like, at the moment, it would be like a like a DJJ or something, mm. something along those lines. A DJJ and small ball. I don't know, I don't, I don't know about that one. Can't, can't shoot. If you have Simmons and DJJ on the court, it's questionable with the lack of shooting. But Ben Simmons, the good thing for the Blazers is that Simmons is much more, I don't know, he, his needs or his, his skills and his, like, what he's good at is a big need for from the Blazers. The Blazers need defense. Ben Simmons is probably the best one-on-one defender on ball in the NBA. And it's this is a prime opportunity for the Blazers to – try to go get him because in any other reality alternative reality this is not happening because this is the perfect storm because Ben Simmons value is so low right now because of his offensive ineptitude in the playoffs that stuff like this doesn't come around we, we were talking about this off camera I believe like I don't know or off mic like a while ago how like the James Harden trade or like all these big trades like it was a very specific situation. Like, James Harden won it out of Houston. Oh, my gosh. The Nets have KD and Kyrie. Like, it just worked out for the Nets. This is possibly that time where it could work out for, for the Blazers because for a while, it's been CJ for Tobias. So the 76ers and the Blazers have been linked for a while. But now, Ben Simmons playing poor and his value being so low, could the Blazers go after him? I think yes. And even at this point, his value is so low that, like, there are people that think that we could get more than just Ben Simmons from CJ or from the 76ers. Like we can give CJ McCollum and receive Ben Simmons and another one. Now it wouldn't be one of their big young pieces, but it would be just another serviceable role. So we're going to be talking about cap space now. Um, final thing I want to say about Ben Simmons actually is there's obviously other teams that are involved. So while we obviously want a low ball and try to give up as little as we can, if we were to trade for Ben Simmons, um, there are other teams that are interested. A specific team that has been rumored a lot is the Warriors, and they now that have two lottery picks. That does not make sense to me. Why the why the semi or why the Warriors would want Ben Simmons because they already have Draymond Green, who literally can't do anything on the offensive end. And now they want Ben Simmons, who also can't do anything. And the, I guess they'll have um, Clay and Clay back, but 
Um, how much do you think our defense will benefit if we do get Ben Simmons? Because I feel like we had trash defense. We're 29th of the year. We get Rocco. How much does it actually help us getting that one piece of defense? Um, I think it would at least turn us to an average defense at least, which would be a huge step. Because CJ, you could arguably say, is our worst defender. One of him and Dame is our worst defender. And having Ben Simmons to now guard the LeBrons when we play LeBron instead of having to put mellow on him, like it would just yeah, <laughs> yeah it would change a lot. Now, one player is not going to turn you into the best defense in the league. but uh, We also saw when you have Simmons, who's one of the best on-ball defenders, and Rocco is one of the best like off-ball team defenders. We saw they were on the same team in Philly when Rocco played for the 76ers in that. Uh, worked beautifully for them. Didn't result in a championship, obviously, but Simmons and Rocco would be a very solid um, tandem on the defensive end. So now we'll go into the cap situation for the summer, and the Blazers, of course, are probably one of them. I don't even know compared to other teams, but they're an expensive team for being the sixth seed. So they're going to need to get better, but we're just going to talk about how deep into the luxury tax they're going to have to go to if they want to keep their players, which I don't think they should. Yeah, so currently, Melo can leave. Everyone on the salary, we're committing 107 million to the salary. But if we bring back, if we bring back the exact same team, we'll go so far into the luxury tax, um, and that's bringing back Nurkic on a guaranteed 12 million dollar deal, which still isn't even a lot. Bring back Norm, that would probably be anywhere between like 15 to 20, 21 million. Melo and restricted free agents at cons. The key with Powell is we can go over as long as high as we want uh, because we have bird rights, yeah, and rights. that's like you go you don't go as high as he wants you. If he's asking for a max, you don't pay the max, but you give him a good bit of money. Um, he's a guy that is a we've discussed him many times. We need him back. Um, but you were implying that we shouldn't bring back a couple players. Who are those? Um, I don't think Ennis Cantor should be offered a contract by the Blazers. Uh, I don't think Carmelo should be all- okay. Car- Carmelo can come back, but the problem with Melo is he's so well respected in the league. It's like Stotts would guarantee him half the game, no matter if he's shooting 0 for 7 or 0 for 8, because he didn't make shots that often. But I, I don't think we bring Melo or Canter back. Like that defensive pairing, like when if we had if we had a 10 point lead and Melo and Canter came in, I'd go get I'd go get a snack, and I'd come back, and we're down five. I mean, it's just the defense was so horrendous. So I don't think we bring them back. I do think we bring back Zach Collins um, on a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah, I will um, agree. It was definitely tough seeing 36-year-old legs, Melo trying to guard the MVP, and then him kicking out to Austin Rivers for a step-back three, or just absolutely deni- annihilating uh, Melo in the paint. Really tough to watch, and Canter just – Unbelievable, with his turnstile defense. Look, we we love Canner, and the the run to the Western Conference Finals, he was an absolute animal. So nothing but respect for Canner, but he knows this. His his defense is very sus. It's suspect. Even Brad Stevens said it. Yeah, Brad. Yeah. So I don't think we bring back Canner. I think we can get another backup big that's a little bit better on the defensive end. I think my ideal offseason is we keep Powell and. You know, shop CJ. If the right deal's not there, don't just trade him for nothing. But if there's a deal that makes this team better, you you, you got to trade CJ at this point. The issue with keeping CJ is I just don't want to see the three guard lineup again. It just didn't work. You exactly. Tried it. Um, and I just like I think if we brought back CJ, what if we brought him off the bench? You, you, we've talked about that. But is he going to do that? He's making like thirty million a year. You're not going to pay someone thirty million a year to come off the bench. Sadly, 
And then you'll still probably end with a three-guard lineup. So, I mean, like... And the thing is, if you don't want the three-guard lineup, but you can't just let Norm walk for nothing, especially after you traded Gary Trent Jr. for him. Like, the whole point of trading Gary Trent Jr. for Norm was to lock up Norm for more than half a season. If you're trading Gary Trent Jr. for half a season of a player, Neil Olshay should be fired on the spot because that is terrible. And Gary, okay, okay, what about, what about this, what about this? A little CJ to the Raptors for Gary Trent Jr., bring him back. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. Um, but when looking at the free agency class, obviously with us saying we don't want to bring back Kanner and Mello, it's literally because their defense is so horrendous. So why don't we look at some players that are really good defenders? And actually the best defender in the league this past year rating-wise was the New York Knicks starting center in the playoffs, but backup center, Nerlens Noel. And he's a free agent. So I think that's a guy we could go after. We do have our middle-level exception that is going to be worth $9.5 million. Um, so that's plenty of money Please right get there Jay Crowder. to go after a couple guys. Like We just need guys that are just There's like... three and Ds. We need more Rocos. We are staring at the Suns, who don't have Chris Paul and Devin Booker with a broken nose, and they have campaign going off for 30 points. Like, Look, why can't we have that? The, the Blazers... Got swept by the Nuggets. The Nuggets got swept by the Suns. And the Suns are up 2-0 on the Clippers. <laughs> like, we have we such... Swept. We won a couple games. No, we didn't get swept, but we lost in six, yeah. which it, it honestly felt like a sweep, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, okay. But it just shows, like, even Dame said it, like, we're, this team, like, I, I think we underperformed against the Nuggets. We, we should have beat the Nuggets. But to see the Nuggets get swept by the Suns just shows the Blazers have a ways to go. And I think it starts with trading one of your backcourt... And we're obviously not trading Dame, so who, who does that leave? CJ McCollum. He is 30 years old. No opinion, just keep in mind. Okay, also, trades. I don't know if this is fake, but I saw something on Instagram. Um, it's like this Dame account I found. It's pretty legit. I don't know. But he said, he said um, it's like a Dame fan page. Um, it's not Dame Daily. I'll tell you that if you want to know. Um, but they said that... Uh, the front, the Blazers' front office assured CJ that he's not getting traded this offseason, which I don't know if that's real or fake. I really hope that's fake. Um, do you know? Um, I think that's fake because I don't know if that would be released if it was true. Um, now, in Neil Olshie's press conference, we talked about it in, a, in another podcast, um, he did say that it's not inevitable that we're going to make big changes, that the coach, the new coach that comes in, is going to have to make this team a championship team with the current roster. So that could imply that Neil Olshie doesn't want to make trades. But who knows? That was before Ben Simmons was available at such a low cost. So Here, here's the thing about Neil Olshie is you put the blame on Terry Stotts, which, you know, is probably a little fair. And then probably partly the blame is on Neil Olshie, too, for assembling the roster he's created. He's assembling a defensive unit of Mello and Cantor and Simons. I'm sorry, but the defense is not there. So part of the blame is on Olshay, but he's, he's been using the I'm going to blame Stotts card. Well, Stotts is gone, so you better perform now or you're, or you're next, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you could be next. Um, that's all we have for this portion of the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about around the league. Let's go to this Hawks-Bucks series. Um, last night, Hawks win game one behind Trey Young, who went off. Um, but... So we'll keep our eye on that the rest of the year or the rest of the series. Um, also keep our eye on the Suns and Clippers. Obviously the Suns, we were watching that game with the buzzer beater by DeAndre Ayton. That was pretty insane. But that's going to do it for this podcast. Um, 
If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe. Yep. Give us a rating on uh, Spotify. And that'll be it. Peace.